الحمد لله وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له This inshallah will be the most important khutbah I've ever delivered so far so uh, please pay attention special attention uh, this time I will try to uh, repeat the important points and I want you to bear in mind that I'm talking to you you don't say he's talking to somebody else recently I have come to a very important conclusion about believing in God and uh, this started in the Muslim perspective issue of February 1987 with the title Satan believes in God it dawned on me that uh, throughout the Quran we are taught that the majority of believers in God are going to hell. In Surah 12, verse 103, it says, Most people, no matter what you do, will not believe. And then in 106, we're told that the majority of those who believe will go to hell. This is in Surah 12, verse 106. And then we read in Surah uh, Al-Mu'minun, number 23, verses 94, 84 through 90 I'm gonna quote starting at 84 say to whom belongs the earth and everyone in it if you know they will say to God say would you then take heed or how come you do not take heed say who is the Lord of the heavens the seven universes the Lord with the great dominion they will say, God, say, how come you do not observe righteousness or do not observe God? Say to, uh, in whose hand is the kingship of everything, over everything? The one that uh, can uh, come to your help and does not need any help, if you know, they will say, God, say, how come you, you have been bewitched, have been, have gone astray? So, and the... Uh, in Surah 29, verse 61 says, If you ask them who created the heavens and the earth and committed the sun and the moon, they will say God. And then the verse ends by asking how come they deviated. In Surah 29, verse 63, it says, If you ask them who sends water from the sky to revive dead land, they will say God. Say, praise be to God, how come most of them do not understand? So all these verses and many more throughout Quran tell us that people believe in God, Satan believes in God, but they are still going to hell. Now why? And the very important conclusion is, you do not believe in God unless you know God as He really is, with all His qualities. Namely, especially, that God runs everything. That God is doing everything. And this will shed a new light on our submission to God, our acceptance of whatever is happening to you personally or uh, in the world, to anybody, to anything, to any country. We do not believe in God unless we believe that God is running everything. And at this point, I would like to suggest a, a zikr for you, something for you to do. Every day, wherever you go, when you're driving or sitting or have, uh, you, you have uh, nothing to do, 
Or even if you have something to do, I want this to dominate your life, even mentally, even when you're doing something. I want you to repeat always, God is running everything. God is running everything. This is your new zikr, our new zikr. Because it will, it will, uh, the whole world will look different to you. When anything is happening that may turn you into an objector, not a submitter, you, this will remind you that God is doing everything and that you are objecting. As a believer, you have no business losing your temper, for example. You're not a believer if you lose your temper. And as I said at the, at the beginning of the khutbah, I'm talking to you. Don't say I'm, he's talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you. Yes, you, Abdullah, Gatut, Mahtasham, Ahmed, Abar Ahmed, Frank, and so on. I am talking to you, every one of you. You have no business losing your temper because this indicates you're objecting to something God is doing. We must know that God is doing everything. Even the things that Satan is doing, they are following God's law. Uh, a good example in the Quran is before the creation of Adam, God is telling the angels, I'm putting on earth a representative. Which in a nutshell says that God, of course, knew that Adam was going to be duped by Satan and will go down to earth. Because after, when Satan tricked Adam, God said, go down to earth, all of you. But this, before the creation of Adam, God is telling the angels, I'm going to place on the planet Earth a representative, the human being. So even though Satan tempted Adam and Eve, God is doing everything. Because everything is going in accordance with God's will. This is our new zikr, when you're driving, when you're sitting, when you're doing anything. Eventually, it's going to happen mentally. Every cell in your body is going to say, God is running everything. And this is the true believer. This is the believer in God who will not go to hell. The majority of believers in God are going to hell because they do not believe that God is running everything. In Surah 8, verse 17, a classic example. It is not you who killed them, that was after the battle, one of the battles in early Islam. It is not you who killed them, it is God who killed them. It is not you who threw when you threw the arrow or the gun or whatever. It was God who threw. I mean, this is a very important conclusion, and this is why I think this is the most important khutbah I've ever given to you. This, uh, I, I made a, a trip recently to Egypt, and everything that happened in that trip, told me that we don't do anything. We do not do anything. God is doing everything. The timing of my arrival, the timing of my leaving, I mean, I get on the telephone and say, uh, TWA, I'm changing my reservation from Tuesday to Thursday. I decided to change my I didn't decide anything. I didn't change anything. Believe me, God is doing it. God is doing everything. In Surah number 12, again, the brothers of Joseph, decided not to kill him, right? They think they decided not to kill him. They decided to throw him in the well. But before this happens, way before this, years before they make this so-called decision of theirs, we, uh, Joseph sees the dream. The sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowing before him. 
with his, his father, his mother, and his 11 brothers bowing before him. Something that was to happen after he uh, is uh, practically ruling Egypt as a man. So when they, uh, the brothers met to kill him, they <laughs> the decision was already made. They could not decide to kill him. It was impossible. But here they are meeting and uh, they are taking votes. Shall we kill him? What, what shall we do with him? And then they decided, they think, not to kill him. God is running everything. And this is our new dhikr. Just keep telling yourself, God is running everything. Especially when you are at the brink of objecting to something or losing your temper. When you lose your temper, tell yourself, you must separate yourself from you as of now. When you lose your temper against a friend or a spouse or a brother or a sister or anybody in the street, you, you tell yourself, self, you're not a Muslim. You're objecting. Because God is running everything. Believe me, when your friend or your wife or your husband behaves in a certain way that gets in your nerves, God is doing it. And it's because you deserve it. So you have to get on yourself and correct yourself and catch yourself objecting, not submitting to God. God runs everything. I want to give you an example so you understand how God is running everything and how we have the freedom of choice. Suppose I had a temporary ability of traveling in the future, let's say for one week. I travel in the future and I see what happened to you, what, what decision you made. Okay, so I traveled all the way to next Friday <clears throat> and I saw exactly where you went, what kind of decision you made. Now back to this Friday, I'm giving you a choice to go to New York or to, Cal or to California. So I want to give you a choice to go to either New York or California. So I'm giving you a choice. You're going to freely choose Cal California or New York for your trip. But I already know, because I traveled in time this one week, and I know that you decided to go to California. So even though I'm giving you the freedom of choice, I know exactly what you're going to do and where you're going. But it is much more than this. I don't think we can really understand it. God runs everything, and this is the condition. This is a quality of God, and if you don't know this quality, you don't know God, and you don't believe in God. And this is what the Qur'an means by all these verses. When Satan inflicts disasters, diseases, cancer uh, on people, Satan is doing this in accordance with God's law. And we see this, this in the Qur'an. I remind you, for example, of uh, the disciples of Jesus when uh, they demanded a feast from the sky. And God said, okay, I'm going to send it down, but if any of you disbelieves, I will punish him severely, more than anybody that I ever punished. Now you know that the, the punisher will really be Satan, but God, this is God's law. When they disbelieve, they step out of God's kingdom, then Satan will inflict the damage, but God is doing everything. So even the actions of Satan are under God's control. God is running everything. God will not be a God if He wasn't running everything. So this is a quality of God that we must recognize. And we're going to commemorate it. This is in, in, in our own language, in English. And you drive your car, 
and you say God is running everything, and you look at everything, and you say God is running everything. Because this is the condition of belief in God. The Quran says very clearly, when something good happens to you, it is from God. When something bad happens to you, it is from you. But God is running everything. God created the fire. You can use it to cook a steak from a raw steak to a delicious cooked steak, unless you like it raw. But you can also put your finger in that fire and burn your finger. So God created the fire to be in your service, but if you choose to put your finger in it and, and suffer, then this is from you, not from God. But it is God's law that made the fire as burning. If you put your finger in it, it burns. It's God's law. It's one of the physical laws. There are many invisible laws. Like if you disobey God, if you go drink, for example, it's exactly like putting your finger in the fire, but, but the punishment is not as visible. You can be sure you'll pay. It's just like that, like the fire and putting your finger in it. Alcohol and drinking it. Drugs and taking them. Adultery and committing it. All these things, uh, they're laws that uh, God's laws govern them. And the punishment, the physical, the fire, putting your finger in it, the punishment for God for the sins are exactly the in the same way, but they're not as visible. They're just as painful, if not worse. And this explains all the problems we see in the world. The people breaking God's law and paying the price. Just like, like putting their finger in the fire. What is our role? What do we do? God is doing everything. We do only one thing. One decision. To be with God or not. After that, God takes over. But we are absolutely free in that decision. To submit is already done. And the choice, our choice is to willingly submit or unwillingly submit. And those people who don't believe in God out there, they are submitting to God except unwillingly. I mean, they can't control the number of beats of their heart, for example. I mean, that's one of the visible things. But God runs everything. When Reagan decides to agree with the Russians on limiting nuclear weapons, he's not deciding anything. He's just like Joseph's brothers. He thinks he's deciding to meet with the Russians, or vice versa. But God runs everything. We know also that the angels are as free as we are from the incident where Satan refused to obey God and bow down before Adam. God wants his creatures to be free as far as that decision is concerned until the day of judgment. The eternal day of judgment, there's no more. We'll see everything and we'll submit, everybody will submit, including the dwellers of hell. It turns out that if we believe that anybody is doing anything, this is shirk. This is idol worship. You're putting somebody who's doing something with God, next to God. It negates the idea that God runs everything. So if you think anybody is doing anything, I mean, this is, by definition, it's shirk, idolatry. This is why we're going to remind ourselves 
to remind ourselves against Satan's ideas, we're going to always say, God runs everything. You're going to do it for a while and then you'll forget, like I forget. So I'm going to keep after me and after you, and we're going to repeat that. I'm going to remind you and you remind me, and we will always continuously until every cell in our body is declaring God is running everything. Because this, like I said, sheds a whole new light on submission, the idea of submission. And this sign out there on the wall, happiness is submission to God, is a profound sign. There's a lot more to it than meets the eye. You're going to be perfectly happy. And uh, this vicar, where God runs everything, is going to help you into total submission. Because anytime you start to complain or object, you're going to remind yourself, God runs everything. I'm complaining against God. I'm complaining from God is doing this, so I'm complaining. I don't like it. We, uh, sometimes we turn into complainers. And we, we have to catch ourselves. Complainers will complain when things are good. They'll complain when things are bad. They, they get into a rut and they'll complain. Continuously. That's objection. That's the opposite of submission. There's a good example of uh, decisions. The, uh, the main issue of the Muslim perspective, we decided to print a certain number. And we said, uh, okay, we're going to get to these uh, Muslim organizations. They don't deserve the Muslim perspective anyway. So we're going to skip one, do one and skip one. So we'll send only Muslim perspectives to half of them. And, uh, okay, we made a decision, right? We make decisions, but God makes the decision, and God's decision prevails. So the next day, the press, they call me and they say, guess what, we made a mistake. So what, should we change the page? They, they printed one page on, uh, on the wrong side. So uh, they, they have to do it over for nothing. So we ended up with a large number of Muslim perspectives anyway, and we had to send every, you know, the perspective to everybody. But this is an example of deciding, right? We decided to eliminate these names, but God decided, no, you're going to send it to every single one of them. <laughs> God runs everything. Alhamdulillah, wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah. I believe this stick is, is very important, very significant, and I believe it's going to help all of us. So I'm going to repeat again, impress on you, that uh, wherever you have a chance, continuously, God, running, God is running everything, God is running everything, God is running everything. Silently and loudly, every chance you get, and eventually, like I said, every cell in your body will be pronouncing this important decision. This is the requirement to make it to heaven. I want to talk again about being upset and fighting with anybody. Being upset, complaining, fighting. For your own good, you shouldn't do that. We should not do that for our own good, because it backfires many folds. When you say a hurting word, or a hurting look, the Quran goes all the way to suspicion. Inside of your head, if you suspect, if you're suspicious of some, you know, you look at me and uh, I have a stomach ache or something, and I'm making a face, and you say, this guy is not friendly to me, you, you've committed a sin, and it's going to, 
backfire on you, you're the one who's going to suffer. You must seek excuses for the people. If I pass by you and I'm making a face, it is not because I hate you. So probably I do. <laughs> Maybe I do. But what you are supposed to do is, oh, he must have a headache or a stomach ache or something is bothering him. And you love me instead of hate me for your own good. But if I am making a face, if I'm passing by you and I'm making a face, and you assume that I do it because I don't like you, and it is true, even that little suspicion in your head will hurt you, will backfire on you. So let alone being loud, calling names. These, these backfire on you for your own protection, for your own peace of mind and happiness. Don't do it. And the reason is that the, the mechanism of it is that it is uh, objection. It is complaining against what God is doing. God is running everything. And if your husband or wife or friend is behaving in a certain way, it's because of something you have done. You have to turn, you have to join your wife or your husband or your friend and call you names or whatever you, you, the other person is doing. You, you ally yourself with your enemy against yourself because it's something you have done. Say, so God is punishing me for something I have, do, I have done. I have stepped out of God's laws. And always remind yourself, God is running everything. And don't say, I'm, I'm talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you, every one of you. And me. I have to remind myself. I think I'm the oldest person in this place. Anybody older than me? Gosh. See, from my experience, as being your elder, <laughs> I'll give myself the privilege of advising you. <laughs> from experience, it backfires on you when you lose your temper. Happiness is submission to God. You have to make a decision right now that you will never be upset. You will never complain. Let other people complain. Let them be upset. Let them call you names. You take the defeated side. Because for your own good. Because believe me, you're a lot happier this way. And you end up victorious. There is nothing in this world that is worth being upset about. Believing that God runs everything, as you read in the Quran, equals, or is better than, excuse me, is better than owning everything in this world and twice as much. If you own Manhattan and all the real estate on Manhattan, they consider you rich. So I'm not talking about Manhattan, I'm talking about all of the United States, all of Japan. If you own Hong Kong, you'll be rich. With all the real estate over there. But uh, believing in God, the proper way, is better than owning everything in the whole world and twice as much. Does this make you happy? It should. The simplest thing you do as a believer, which is praying five times a day, if you put it in the right perspective of a person who believes, is, is the greatest thing that can happen to anybody. Okay, I want you to put yourself in this situation. You receive a telephone call from the White House. You say, uh, Frank, Jürgen, you're invited to have lunch with the president next Wednesday. Okay, I'm going to use Frank as an example. Frank immediately will, will call his work. I'm not coming to work on Wednesday. And will, will call his friends. Guess what? 
I'm invited to lunch at the White House. And uh, he, he would, he'll, uh, he'll find the best clothes to put on for, the, for that important meeting. Well, five times a day you have an appointment with the King of Kings. If you believe that God runs everything, that God is the president of the whole world, that Reagan is a dinky servant, <laughs> an insignificant creature of God, if you really know that, well, is this what you will do for every prayer? You have an appointment with God five times a day. You're going to call work and say, I'm not coming to work because I have an appointment with the president of the whole universe. So this puts things in perspective. You're going to seek excuses not to go to the White House. I have a headache, Mr. President. <laughs> Most people will go even though they have the worst headache, a migraine, you know, and everything. they'll still go. Okay, I finished the main, the main topic and there are uh, two points that I would like to mention before I close. One of them is uh, something that I started to do. I should have done it a long time ago. There's a statement in the Quran that says, Eat and drink, but in moderation, not too much. So uh, I started doing this after Ramadan. It feels great not to fill your stomach too much. I mean, look at the wisdom of the Quran. Kulu washrabu wala tusrifu. Eat and drink, but in moderation, not too much. And it's a great thing. If I continued the same, I wouldn't be able to wear this suit. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to put on some of my uh, clothes that I had uh, discarded. God created in the universe. This, this will help us appreciate God and how He is running everything. And will, will uh, induce us to make this music continuously. In the last issue of Parade magazine, uh, Carl Sagan wrote an article about billions and billions. God created a billion trillion stars. Now forget the planets that go with these stars. And forget the fact that the sun is one of the dim stars. The bright, a bright star is defined as, as a star that is a million times, at least a million times as bright as the, our sun. So God created a billion trillion stars. And here uh, there's a table from Parade that uh, says how long it would take to count to this number, you know, the, uh, the billion trillion, or uh, the billion trillion would, will have uh, 7 times 3, 21 zeros, which will make it a septillion. A billion trillion is a septillion, okay, so, but here they went as far as a quintillion. Okay, let's just go to the small number. Okay, quintillion. Yeah. Quintillion is uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 6 times 3, only 18, not 21. Uh, the quintillion, how long it will take you to count this number from 0, 1 count per second, night and day. You know how long it will take you to count the quintillion? Let's forget the other 1 million stars. And let's forget the planets and the, the heavenly bodies and all this. It will take you, listen to this, you're going to say 1, 2, 3, for just counting, okay? Not creating, counting. It's going to take you 32 billion years, which is more than the edge of the universe. Okay? I mean, the, the universe is not 32 billion years, but if you just count, you, just, you look at the stars and count them one by one. 
it's going to take you 32 billion. This is mathematics because you, you divide the quintillion by the seconds and the minutes and the, and the days and so on. It will take you 32 billion years to just count them. And God created them. Okay, so you can appreciate the greatness of God.